0: Ladies and gentlemen, listening from around the world, we are live! Welcome to this episode of Tailgates and Teasers! And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, introducing your host, Drew Worder It's time.
1: Footage. All right, welcome into episode 12 of Tailgates and Teasers. I'm your host Drew Border here with Jake Ward today for Mad Dash Monday. We're gonna keep it short, light episode we talk about mike tyson and the fights over the weekend a lot of entertaining stuff as well as football and right before monday night football we're going to give you our picks for the seattle and philadelphia game uh before we get into it we have to shout out our sponsors broken bat workshop be sure to follow them on instagram at the broken bat workshop and use the code tnt10 for 10 percent off your orders at checkout also pure golf be sure to follow them on Instagram at Purefect Golf and use the code Tailgates, all caps, for 20% off your order at checkout with them. With all that said, quick little Mad Dash Monday episode with Jake. Let's get right into it. All right, welcome in, everybody, here with. Jake Ward for Mad Dash Monday of tailgates and teasers. We're going to do a whole lot of topics in a short period of time, starting with the Tyson fights and doing a little bit of football at the end. Jake, how's it going today?
0: It's good, man. I'm
1: ready for this Mad Dash. Let's get it started. Yeah, so starting it off, the Mike Tyson-Roy Jones card was very entertaining. I thought, you know, what'd you think of the per- performances in between each fight? I thought, you know, with starting it off, Snoop Dogg, obviously some big names there, but uh, I personally thought that. It was kind of a lot in between each fight. You know, I bought the card to watch the fights. I was so ready to see Tyson. As a younger guy, i would never really seen him, and I've only heard about how great his legacy was. So even though he's 54, I thought he put on one hell of a show, but having to wait in between so long, I thought they could have done a little bit less there with that. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I'm with you. You know, I'm a, I'm a big Wiz Khalifa guy, TGOD. Um, big Snoop Dogg guy too, you know, West Coast classics, old school. I could have done without all the performances in the middle. I think if you want to open the show with something strong like Wiz did, hey, that's great. And definitely if you want to put something on right before the main event, that's fine too. But like you said, having to wait every time in between each fight, like I'm not the biggest YG fan I could have done without St. John.
1: I did like how they were trying, you know, hip-hop and uh, boxing do go back a long ways and how they tried to tie that all in together. Tyson's new brand here in his league. I think he did a good job from an entertainment standpoint, but I do think that they could have done more if they want to take this into like other sports, like actually professional boxing or the USC. I think that they could do without it. Like you said, maybe do a pregame and like a before the main event type thing for sure. Uh, Let's get into our guy, Blake McKernan and Badu Jack. You know, we interviewed Blake, a great guy from Sacramento, someone that a lot of people look up to and didn't really know about before the fight. And he was a plus eight fifty underdog, Badu Jack, two-division former world champion, and it showed he's been trained by Floyd Mayweather, uh, minus 2,000 favorite. Like Blake held his own in that fight. He did not give
0: up, and that was the the thing that I was the most proud of. And I think if anybody listened to the interview that you did with him, I I think they knew he was not going to give up. That dude has a tough chin, has a tough spirit, has just a tough soul. He was in there, and he was going to go out on his shield and as most fighters do but i think anybody that had the experience blake has that's going to step up and try to fight a two-time world champion you know or a two-division champion not a lot of people are going to hang in there all eight rounds yet blake did and not only did he hang in he was still throwing blows at the end man he was going out yeah
1: swinging. he definitely got out punched and all that stuff if you look at the stat sheet he got definitely outfought. but the thing is that he didn't go down and he retaliated still right before they were, you know, the commentators were like, hey, they should stop the fight. He retaliated every single time and said, no, it's not done till it's over. Um, he said, "I'm before the fight, I'm going to go in. I'm prepared to die. I want to get knocked out if I lose. But I feel like you can't teach a mindset like that. You know, you could teach skills and you could learn from experience, but you can't teach the mental toughness that Blake has for sure. Also, if you haven't listened to it, episode seven, tailgates and teasers, be sure to give it a listen. Uh, moving on to the Jake Paul and Nate Robinson fight. If you take out all, all the hugging, that fight lasted as long as a vine, okay? <laughs> what <laughs> what yeah, that, that? Was, that
0: was pretty quick, man. I, my thoughts are that Nate Robinson better just disappear for a while, maybe uh, just kind of go away for all of 2021 and try again in 2022 because he is he better stay off Twitter, man. Twitter was ruthless. Steph uh, was taking him out. Oh, uh, my God, all the NBA players, like, how are how you going to stand up for the family like that? Oh yeah. man, Swaggy Pete. Oh, it was bad. I, so Nate Robinson, I'm sorry. But that's, that's what happens when you don't look prepared or when it's your first fight. And, you know, as much as we want to clown on Jake Paul and man, do I wish he got his ass beat. I'm sorry. He's a fellow Jake, but no, someone needs to take that dude out. But yeah, Nate so. just didn't look ready. You know, he, he didn't look ready. It's his first professional fight. Jake's been training for almost three years. It, it just, the, they said it multiple times on the broadcast. You You don't play boxing and Nate, looking like he wanted to go for a
1: takedown and kept going for yeah. headlocks
0: he just did not look like he knew what he was doing
1: yeah and the thing is that i respect nate for what he did honestly it has a lot of balls and a lot of courage to to do that oh a it national does tv pay-per-view co-main event against a guy who has way more experience than you and putting on for so many people the nba like His family, he has to live with that. But the nice thing about Nate was I read this morning, he jumped right back into the group message with all of his buddies and his family and like his NBA guys. And they were clowning him and what it sounds like from the article I was reading that he was taking it really well. So um, definitely feel bad for the guy, but at least he was able to get up on his own uh, strength, man. That was a deadly...
0: He's always seemed like a humble guy, you know, so I, yeah. I, I'm i glad to hear that he is one that takes it well and, and can kind of wear it because he, he's always been a little bit of a cocky dude, but he's been able to back it up. So now that he, he can't, he, you know, takes a little bit of humble pie, but he'll he'll be back. He He's not done with his athleticism yet. He's
1: he's a talented dude for sure. Might be done with the boxing athleticism, but we'll see. Yeah, he's man, a very athletic he guy. He somewhere sure. else. Post-fight. Post Jake Paul, Jake Paul comes out and says, I want to fight Conor McGregor. I want to fight Dylan Danis. Dude, you have two wins. That's like us saying that we're going to take down the Joe Rogan experience. Like, I, just for comparison. Yeah. <laughs> we're coming All for right. you, Joe. We want that Spotify <laughs> <Joe deal>. Rogan. <laughs> so, I don't know what your thoughts are, but that was way out of left field, way uncalled for. Dude, McGregor will knock him out and probably less than a round. Uh, quicker than he did Aldo. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? My jaw
0: literally hit the floor when I heard the word McGregor, like by the, he wasn't even finished saying McGregor. (laughs) And I, my jaw was like, was down on the ground. I I couldn't believe it. Like you have two professional fights, one against somebody who made their debut and you're talking about somebody who's held multiple UFC belts. Like I, I get it. You're talking about boxing. So maybe he does stand a little bit better chance than we might give him credit for in a UFC fight against McGregor. But still, mm. McGregor, he can throw. That was a, He went and boxed Mayweather and almost got all the way through that. Like He went 10 rounds
1: with arguably the greatest fighter of this generation. He is the greatest fighter of this generation. He went yeah, 10 uh, rounds. Of with... our
0: generation, hands yeah. down. Hands down.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. It's it just mind-boggling. I, I Just stay in your lane, Jake. Why don't you try to build up? Get to 10 first, and then you yeah. can talk about Conor.
1: Yep, I agree. He did call out his uh, friend, Dylan Dennis, who is, if you don't know, Connor McGregor's kind of ground grappling jujitsu guy. You know, McGregor's known to stand up and, and fight with his hands a lot. So um, that would actually be somewhat of an entertaining fight, I think. But still, back up your talk, build up some wins first. Don't get two wins and get all, you know, happy about that. So Mike Tyson and Roy Jones, 54 years old versus 51 years old. And they put on a show. I'm not going to lie. There was a no knockout clause, two minute rounds and no winner was actually going to be announced that we found out the day after the fight. Um, but man, that was a good fight to watch.
0: Man, it, it lived up to the hype about as much as it could have for how old those guys are, you know, and not old in general, but old in an athletic standpoint, old in a boxing standpoint. And those guys went and slugged it out. You could tell that, uh, that Roy was feeling those body shots from Mike, oh. and especially in the the post fight interview, he just <laughs> he looked like he was ready to throw up or like he had a broken rib. So I I hope Roy is doing okay with that. But I mean, his they went in there. His were about as
1: tender as you take it off the barbecue and it just falls off. I guarantee you, that's what. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, some
0: some so. ribs you just pull the the bone right out. That's that's oh. about there. So but but man. it was an entertaining fight nonetheless, man. They they weren't afraid to mix it up, and and like you said, there was the no knockout clause. I also think there was a a, a clause in there for it to get stopped. If there was a, a cut by either guy, yeah. but they weren't afraid to mix it up still. You know, they got in there, they threw some shots, even through some power shots. And I mean, it, it was about, I think every, what everything could hope for, you know, they showed their skill, they showed their heart and that's what we expected.
1: Yeah, he had his no look jab going. Roy's Roy did, and then there was Mike Tyson's famous, you know, three punch combo right to the body that was just like, oh man! Every single time he hit, and the-
0: and Mike missed that right uppercut a oh, couple times did. towards the end. And if he connected, yeah. he might have actually put Roy out.
1: Right, I was excited. You know, being a younger guy, being able to watch a boxing legend like that, even though he was so much older than what he was in his prime, like I was happy. I was entertained, and I thought they did a great job. I hope he does it again. To be honest. So
0: it sounded like he at least wants to get back in and keep going. You know, he talked in the post fight interview about it, not being for a championship about him wanting to continue the, the legends only league and and raise money for charity. I think that was one thing he didn't kind of properly articulate in that interview is that a lot of that money that's being generated, he wants to donate to charity. I haven't quite looked into all of it yet, so I can't talk for certain on which ones, but yeah, I mean, if that is the case, I mean, what more can you say about it? And Roy looked a little bit more hesitant to get back in there, but I'm sure he wants to be involved somehow, some way.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tyson was talking about how he's, you know, an entertainer now. And that's what I think he's trying to do. He's trying to build this league up, get a bunch of legends, famous people, whether they have no experience or not, Jake Paul and Nate Robinson, and build it up. So I think it's going to be entertaining. I'm excited to see what he has moving forward. One thing I do want to touch on is his post-game interview, or post-game, post-fight interview, I should say, uh, where he had some really deep, deep quotes that I'd like to touch on. You know, he I'm going to do his voice, so bear with me. I'm going to try my best to impersonate him here, okay? Uh, He said, quote, the thought of failure never creeps into my mind. You know, nothing's impossible to someone who tries. Anything I'm afraid to do, I do it, and I like to be humbled. The more comfortable you are with you and the more comfortable you are with death, the more peace you are with yourself. So I thought those were some really, really deep quotes. And if you watch his pre-fight interview, that was completely different from the post-game. Like that was, he was humble in his post-game one and he was actually making sense in his post-game fight. Your yeah, that,
0: that 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 pre-fight interview had me a little lost, even though he used some of the same pieces. And if you haven't seen the post-fight interview, it's uh, not talking about the one with Roy Jones Jr. on stage, but the the post-game, yeah. the post-fight presser in the back in front yeah. of the backdrop. And I, I highly recommend everybody go listen to that clip because that I, I don't think is something people would expect from Mike Tyson. Yet it's a clip I think a lot of people could apply uh, yeah. to, to themselves, talking about being comfortable with being uncomfortable, you know, and. a lot of times people don't want to go outside their comfort zones. They don't want to do something that they're afraid to do myself included. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, man, I'm a little bit afraid. I'll tell you right now. I'll throw one out there. I chickened out on the top of, Oh, I forget. Uh, the The
1: diving board.
0: No, no, no. (laughs) In Las Vegas, the, uh, the hotel the I want to say it's the stratosphere. Oh yeah. yeah.
1: The ride up top. That
0: that has the rides up top. My dad, myself, Went up there, had tickets to ride the rides. We got up there, couldn't do it. If that was Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson saying, let's do it. And I now to this day, because I have not been back to Vegas since then, wish I had done that. Mike Tyson, had I heard that quote, I would have done that that day. It's something yeah. that everyone can, can apply. And I, 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 I'm growing a bigger respect for Mike Tyson more and more each day.
1: I agree. You know, he said he talked about his first experience of that being when he went up to the prettiest girl in school and he was like, I don't care if she says no, but he went and asked her out. And he was like, you know what? If she says, no, I lived with it. I got humbled, you know, being afraid and being able to live with it because when the pressure gets to you, you're not afraid to do it. You've been there plenty of times. So respect to him for that. Um, Let's move on to some NFL talk real quick. We got it's Monday right now, Monday night football coming up tonight, Seattle, Philadelphia, six and a half favorites for the Seahawks tonight. Who are you taking? I mean, is that even a real question? No, it's not.
0: (laughs) I mean, I would ask who's playing quarterback for the Eagles, but it almost doesn't matter whether it's Wentz, whether it's Hurts. I mean, they just – they look sloppy. And to our buddy Mikey, you know, big Eagles fan, even he has said, look, sometimes this team is real hard to watch. I I get it, man. I've lived through bad Raiders teams to watch. That's where that Eagles team is. Give me the Seahawks all day. Plus, they get Chris Carson back tonight.
1: It's not, not even close. Get Chris Carson back and Russell Wilson's undefeated against the Eagles in his career. I believe six or seven to oh no against the Eagles. So, definitely going to be a fun game to watch. Somehow, the Eagles are still in the hunt for their division with three wins. Uh, don't know how that's possible, but it's because the entire
0: NFC East is horrible, <laughs> as Chuck Barkley would say.
1: Horrible. Uh, horrible. Some other games we got Texans beating the Lions, Deshaun looking really good, Washington demolishing the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Poor Cowboys man
0: those cowboys man and, and they were talking about it this morning on all the the talk shows and stuff this was the perfect opportunity for the cowboys with no primetime thanksgiving game all the focus is on you guys you get andy dalton back and you do you're playing washington the the, the team that doesn't even have a mascot you're playing the washington football team
1: playing the washington washington that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a better name than what they have currently and you did that i mean i know oh man i know man. well I their front their front side. line
1: washington's front line is actually very very good their d line is Thank very you. good Thank um you. i'm a little biased ron rivera i was happy for him to, for him to be able to get a win on thanksgiving um it's not the first time he went into dallas and got a win let's not forget five years ago. Uh, Carolina went in there and beat him what thirty thirty-three to sixteen or something like that, forty-three sixteen. But yeah, you know, they were gonna stop Zeke. Feel really bad for all the offensive line injuries. You know, they have a really good offensive line when everybody's healthy. So moving on, we got the Vikings beating the Panthers by one point. Teddy continues to cover the spread. I think he's only like lost two games this whole season against the spread. So good for him. Teddy uh, B,
0: the Panthers were a team I told you about. If they could just kind of hang yeah. around, they're they're hanging around in the division, but with the expanded playoffs, the extra wildcard team, that yeah. can be a team that sneaks in. I mean, it's it's going to be tough. And I'm not saying they're a lock, but but they're on the verge. Another team I also said early on, the Texans, starting yep. out uh, 0-3, 0-4. We almost expected that with the teams that they played, and look how they've turned that around. you you got to look at those strength of schedule. And, and when you're playing the Ravens, the Chiefs early, it, it's going to be tough. And when you're trying to get used to having no D-hop for the first time, it's a rough, yeah. it's a rough change, but now they're hitting their
1: stride. Right. And then you got the Falcons. I don't know what happened with, I don't, I think it's Derek Carr in like a one o'clock games. It has to be because when it's the four o'clock primetime games, the dude balls out. I don't the know Raiders, what it is.
0: The Raiders have had, have won one single game on the East coast. I want to say in the past five seasons, I'll have to look that up. I'll see if I can find it. The only game that they won in that time was when they stayed on the East coast to play the dolphins because they had just played somebody else in Florida. I can't remember the team. That was a couple years ago. And that's their only win in that time. I want to say they're one and 24. And I'll look for it right now, but they, I heard the expression, the Raiders were treating it like it was a cold winter day where you just don't want to get out of bed. They just could not get anything going. And, you're going to have days like that. But when you want to be a playoff team and when you're a team that comes off a game that you had with the chiefs, you cannot have these letdowns against the Falcons. You play up to your competition and then you play down to people beneath you. And if you want to be taken seriously, if you want to be a true playoff team? You cannot play down to the Falcons.
1: Right. Uh, then you got the Burrowless Bengals almost beating the Giants. 19-17, New York holds onto it there. The Bills, 27-17 over the Chargers then the Derrick Henrys of Tennessee whooping the Colts, which kind of shocked me. You know, obviously the Titans are a good team, but the Colts have a pretty good defense. They won by 19 points. That says a lot about the Titans when they're hot. The
0: Colts are kind of a streaky team, and I, I think it's that Phil Rivers magic. You know, they, they look really good, and it's kind of like the Raiders, a little less volatile, but they'll look good against some good competition. And then teams where you think that they should win or even, you know, compete, sometimes they just kind of fall flat. It's, it's why that phrase, any given Sunday, exists. You know, they <laughs> you don't play the games on paper. You play them for real.
1: Right. Uh, Patriots barely holding on against Arizona. Uh, Cam Newton didn't look his best, but, hey. Able to pull out another victory there. The Dolphins beating the Jets 20-3. Uh, to Fitzmagic back in the building. What do you say to that?
0: Fitzmagic, baby. I love it. Yeah. I was so bummed when he got taken out and replaced for Tua because yeah. he even said that he's like, I thought this was my team. You know, and, and it as a, a journeyman quarterback who's used to being benched and to see that one hurt, you know, that, that hurt me to see that. So I'm glad he stepped in, let him, let him down there, did his thing. Fitzmagic, baby.
1: That's all you can say. Browns moved to 8-3 and three against the Jaguars this past Sunday, 27-25 final score. As bad as they look, you know, their run game's really good. As bad as Baker looks, he continues to get wins. You know, I feel like once he puts everything together, which we keep saying that week in and week out, but once he actually does put everything together, they could be a contender. Too much to well, keep, say? Is that a, too much of a hot take there?
0: No, this, this that is, I, I think, entirely accurate. Because remember, this is, again, the second straight year where he's going through a regime change. You know, he's right. going through a, a new offensive system. And, you know, it, it's those things cannot be overlooked. You know, I, I think sometimes we do or maybe just, oh, well, you know, they're professionals. They should be able to adapt. But imagine if you come into work and the boss that hired you is then gone and your new boss does everything completely different. It's going to take a little time to get used to. So I think it, it may not be this year, but next year I think the Browns will continue to get better.
1: All right. And then the Saints, 31-3 over Denver. That was pretty much expected. Denver didn't have any quarterbacks due to COVID. All three were out. They were trying to get Vaughn Miller, Jerry Judy, and their assistant coach to play quarterback for them. But they ended up bringing up props to this guy, young guy on the practice squad who – I think he was a receiver, maybe played a little quarterback at Wake Forest in college, but he, he, good he for him, man. Th-
0: three years a quarterback at Wake Forest before switching to a receiver in his final year and played yeah. as a receiver on the practice squad all year and then didn't take one single practice
1: rep at QB. Props, doesn't man, know the book, doesn't know the book, doesn't know anything.
0: I mean, that's the definition of a guy stepping in and doing everything that's asked. And even if he didn't get the results he wanted, which I'm sure he didn't if you ask him, but you can't ask for anything more. He did his best in everything that you asked him to do. That's that's what you got to do in the pros. All
1: right, Niners 23-20 over the Rams. Niners don't have a place to play. No practice. They don't. No stadium.
0: I mean, I, I, I haven't. I don't know where they're going to go. I, I mean, maybe they'll be, they'd be hitting, uh, hitting up Cal or I, I, that's the thing though. Are they going to be able to practice anywhere in the Bay area? Cause I know that Santa Clara County, I, I'm not sure if it's different for their neighboring counties, but they're going to have to figure something out or maybe they call up the Raiders in, in Henderson. And if it's a little more lax over there, but then how does the NFL deal with you know uh, one facility for two teams you know when you already have such regulations for one team in a facility you know this is just going to create a lot more hurdles for the nfl and probably why they should have tried to give themselves a little extra cushion time through the season
1: could could they play at the coliseum if they could different county
0: i would imagine that they could however is that Coliseum ready? You know, we know the grounds crew there can get it ready in under 24 hours. It's been done before, but that doesn't mean it's going to be in great shape. You also got to get used to a new facility. I mean, sometimes you get used to the comforts of your home field or where the play clock is. Minor things where, you know, to us that might not seem like a big deal, but when you go to look at the play clock and it's not on your right, it's over to your left and now you just took a delay of game penalty instead of getting a timeout in. I mean, there's a number of things, small things too, that can completely change the way that team goes about their business. Who knows? It's going to be interesting to watch.
1: Right. You got the Chiefs beating the Bucks, 27-24. I think the torch has been passed now from Brady to Mahomes. And Mahomes is having one hell of a year. Tyreek Hill, now over 1,000 yards receiving. Travis Kelsey, 900 and something yards receiving. Those are the top two receiving yards leaders in the NFL right now, and Patrick Mahomes continues to do it. I've said it already; he will beat the Steelers by ten in the AFC Championship game if that comes. I don't think the Steelers are by really any means amazing because of the schedule they play, but look at Mahomes, look at the Chiefs. I'm telling you, don't rule them out.
0: Uh, they they look like they're on their way to back to back Super Bowls. The one thing I would say, and this is going to sound a little biased, they better hope they don't run into the Raiders in the playoffs, but. I think after we saw that Raiders Falcons game and I knew this coming in, the Raiders defense isn't there yet. And I don't think there is any single defense in the entire AFC or NFC for that matter that can hold Pat Mahomes. He
1: looks like he's just on a different level. Right. Rogers returned to perfection 41, 25 against the bears. Uh, Wasn't really even a close game from the start. You know, the first half was a blowout and then they just kind of held on from there going into the Ravens Steelers keeps getting pushed back. The, COVID is all over the Ravens roster right now. Pittsburgh are 10-point favorites on Tuesday night. Uh, The good news is, kind of a little off topic here, but there was a vaccine that was going to try to get approved by the FDA today, Moderna. Uh, Do you think that will eventually – do you think we'll get it here within the next couple months before the sports start back up in the –
0: I mean, hey, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. I mean – You know, you don't want to rush things like that. You you want to make sure that you take the time, and if it is truly 100% effective with no harsh or bad side effects and, you know, talking about liability, all that sort of stuff, if they can get that all hammered out as quickly as they can, I would love it, but I don't think that's something you want to rush.
1: Yeah. Uh, Who you got, 10 points, Steelers or Ravens, Tuesday night? I
0: I think you got to take – I think you got to take the Steelers. I I mean, the Ravens have – one running back. And I mean, I, they're going to almost be with a practice squad. It feels like they, they've got uh, upwards, I think of 15 players on the, on the COVID reserve list. So, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to see them pulling it out, but RG three will be behind under center. You know, he's don't <laughs> hey, count he's out RG three. Guy.
1: Heisman guy. I, you can't out he, he
0: used to have some hype, man. I, where, what happened to all the love for RG three? He was, he was big before that injury in, in Washington. So, yeah, you know, we'll see. I it, it wouldn't shock me, but I'm pretty comfortably taking the Steelers.
1: I agree. All right. That's Mad Dash Monday here with Drew and Jake on Tailgates and Teasers. Thanks for tuning in and looking forward to talking more soon. Thanks, Jake. You got it.